Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin, our number is 877-381-3811, In a dramatic fraud in an hour or two, the House Democrats have picked their impeachment managers who are going to walk over to the Senate with their charge against former President Donald Trump. Now, in addition to these Democrats and the media that's so frustrating. What's also frustrating to me are the frauds who are on TV posing as legal analysts and experts on this issue, when none of them are. I spoke at great length last week about the John Roberts situation and so forth, and it's obvious we have senators and congressmen listening to this show because they go on the Sunday shows and other shows and regurgitate exactly what I said. That's actually a good thing. But since I am the horse's mouth, and so many of these legal analysts are the horse's asses, I want to go through this very, very carefully with you, so even phony legal analysts can understand it. Why do we have impeachment? Does anybody know why we have impeachment? Is impeachment aimed at private citizens? Of course not. In the first instance, can the House of Representatives impeach a private citizen? Of course not. Where did this idea for impeachment come from? It came from Britain. Common law, going all the way back to the 14th century, where the House of Commons would charge and the House of Lords would try. But not citizens, not private citizens. Well, does it make a difference if the private citizen was previously a public official? Well, why would it? Not a single person at the Constitutional Convention stood up and made that argument. You can't find a single sentence, let alone a passage in the Federalist Papers, to support that. 
There's no scholarship whatsoever, none, that can substantively endorse that position. People are giving their opinions. That's all they're giving. Now, if you're a constitutionalist, you look at the Constitution and you try and discern what the text means. Sometimes it's obvious, sometimes it's not. But you don't project your views on top of it. That's not originalism. That's not trying to figure out the intent of the founders, or the framers, I should say. No, that's your intent, which you are using to promote an agenda. And this is what we're seeing on television. The illogic of the framers at the Constitutional Convention arguing that you can impeach and try somebody who's no longer in office is really quite clear. If they had meant to say that you could chase down a public official once they become a private citizen, they would have said so. Somewhere, somehow. Nowhere, nohow. Do they give any justification for that? And why would they? Why would they? They set up all kinds of procedures to protect the country from tyranny, one procedure after another under attack by the Democrats, I might add. That senators would be chosen by the state legislatures. Well, that was changed during the progressive era, mostly by Republicans. Well, that we'd have an electoral college, not a direct election. Well, that's under attack, too, by the left and the Democrats. But impeachment's not there to attack a private citizen, even somebody who's been a public official. Can you imagine if that's the case? Why wasn't there any discussion of that? Because these were logical men. These were men of great virtue, and they would have no idea what is being done to their document today. By phonies at National Review, phonies who are legal analysts, phonies on the left, Democrats, Romney, and all the rest of the reprobates. They can't point to a single substantive, historical, factual basis for their position. None. The framers never said that impeachment would imply in any way to a private citizen, let alone a trial. A trial. That's number one. Number two, what kind of impeachment was this? This wasn't an impeachment at all. The Democrats got together. They voted within 48, 72 hours to try and trash the president of the United States on his way out the door because they were hoping that they would carry through with a trial so he couldn't run again. But none of that's right. No hearings, no witnesses. Well, that's not required, Mark. Of course it's not required. But a kangaroo court's a kangaroo court. And now they say they want to have a trial in the Senate, but they're going to wait until the current Democrat president has a good 30, 60-day honeymoon period before they go after the former Republican president. Is that what the framers intended? Of course not. Impeachment is for the most dire circumstances. Impeachment is about reversing an election. Well, there's no election to reverse here because the former president is the former president, number one. And number two, there is no dire circumstance now, period. Number three, in the case of the president of the United States, 
the Constitution is quite specific. Article 1, Section 3. Clauses 6 and 7. The president is tried. The chief justice shall preside. That's what it says. When the president of the United States is tried, the chief justice shall preside. Period. Well, he's a private citizen now, Mark. Anybody can preside. Now we're going to have Patrick Leahy, they say, who's going to preside. Patrick Leahy, the longest-serving Democrat senator, barely coherent, slurs his words, much like the current president. The president pro tem, so they don't want Kamala Harris anywhere near this. So Leahy will step in. Well, that's no problem, the legal analysts tell us. Because Donald Trump's not president anymore. So follow this. They impeach him as president. They try him as private citizen. But because he's a private citizen, he's not president anymore. The chief justice wants nothing to do with this. So they'll give it to Patrick Leahy. He'll preside over the trial. That's not what the Constitution says. This is all being made up. They are mending the Constitution on the fly. To fit their, their narrative. If the Chief Justice of the United States won't participate, what does that tell you? Moreover, it would be a conflict of interest, I, as I explained last week at some length, considering this matter could wind up in the Supreme Court, depending on whether former President Trump wishes to run or not. Patrick Leahy has no authority to preside over a trial of an ex-president who's now a private citizen. The trial itself is without constitutional authority. The purpose of the trial is to remove a sitting public official. Well, Mark, they want to prevent him from serving in the future, but it doesn't work that way. You can't have a, an impeachment, then a trial, and a conviction that jumps Second point, that's not how it works. Now, if you're a former federal prosecutor, you're not used to this complicated stuff. It's a little too complex. It's not in the uh, criminal code. And so you let your mind wander. You start projecting and you start doing stupid stuff. The fact is, none of this is legitimate, period. The fourth point, this is United States. We don't chase down former officials for the purpose of then preventing them from serving in the future. That's what they do in dictatorships, autocracies, the third world, maybe California. But that's not what we do in the United States. And we've never done. They point to these ridiculous, well, the Secretary of War, you know, but who cares? Who cares if you had a rogue Congress back then? But they can't talk about a previous president because a previous president has never been treated this way. A previous president's never been impeached twice. A previous president's never been impeached in two hours. And they think their case is so secure, so tight, so strong, they lay out no evidence whatsoever. There is no evidence whatsoever in their charge against the president. All 76 pages, 26 pages of which are nothing more than an appendix where they cite themselves, they cite their colleagues, they cite newspaper articles. It's all supposition. It all be thrown out in a court of law. But we're not in a court of law. No, we're not. But we're not in Congress either because it's over. 
The president's gone. There's no jurisdiction for this. There's nothing. And so you have to be a real, real activist, which you expect from the Democrats, to think this is legitimate. You have to read the Constitution the way the left reads the Constitution. That is, they're not bound by the words. They're not bound by the tradition. They're not bound by the intent of the framers. No. So the framers intended the Senate to sit on articles, or an article, wait till the most propitious time for the opposition party, to have a trial, to make sure their president gets off to a good start, then they can bring the subject up again, even though the former president is a former president, a private citizen, and they can have a trial for the purpose of preventing him from running again in the opposite party. They don't want the Republicans to nominate Donald Trump ever again. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is as fraudulent as it gets. This is as rogue as it gets. This is as unconstitutional as it gets. And to hear the moral preening and lectures from people who said things to their base to literally incite them in so many ways so worse than the president ever said is really just precious. From the same party and the same advocates who truly do want to burn down our Constitution... When they look at the Supreme Court, they want to create into a left-wing ideological Politburo. When they want to stuff the Senate with four more Democrat senators, and I don't think they can get around the Constitution of the District of Columbia so easily. That's my opinion. Who want to eliminate the filibuster rule right now so they can ram through whatever they want to ram through and change this republic into some kind of a parliamentary system where they always win. And then, of course, to destroy the Electoral College so that the cities control the entire country and the large blue states control the entire country. They want to turn this republic inside out, upside down, and eviscerate it, and they lecture us about incitement. They lecture us about the Constitution, which they just as soon burned. The fact is, to summarize, this was an illegitimate impeachment based on what they wrote based on the way it was conducted. There is no support in the Constitution or any writings of any kind, contemporary or since, in any rational, substantive, factual way, to support a post-presidential impeachment trial. And to try and bootstrap in the cannot serve in the future uh, language is just that. It is result-oriented, and there's not a constitutional conservative who has any self-respect that would argue otherwise. And as for the Chief Justice taking a pass, he's no fool. Plus, he knows a potential conflict of interest. He's out of it. Kamala Harris, she's no fool. Well, maybe, but she wants nothing to do with this. So they dig up Patrick Lay, who's been in the Senate, I think, since 1973. As hardcore of partisan as there, there, there comes out of Vermont. And so he's going to preside over an impeachment trial of an ex-president? There is not only no basis for this, there is no support for this. None whatsoever. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. 
I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty, and they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of constitutional thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.6 million Americans receive Imprimus for free each month, and you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it, too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. No strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for all of us. And for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for no cost every month. Start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. I really do that my... My wonderful colleagues at Fox would stop putting these frauds on Fox. We keep misleading people in a terrible, terrible way. They do not know of what they speak, these people. So now they have another scheme, ladies and gentlemen, just to show you what frauds they all are. The 14th Amendment, the Disqualification Clause, Section 3. And we'll talk more about this after the bottom of the hour. You're in the right place. No person shall be a senator or representative in Congress or elector of president and vice president or hold any office, civil or military, under the United States or under any state, who having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States or as a member of any state legislature or as an executive or judicial officer of any state to support the Constitution of the United States, shall have engaged in insurrection, this is a Civil War Amendment, shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same, or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. But Congress may, by a vote of two-thirds of each House, remove such disability. Now, I want to address this, because they're throwing this around loosely, aimed at the President of the United States, the former President. I assume this means, Mr. Producer, that any member of Black Lives Matter may not serve in public office. I assume this means anybody in in TIFA may not serve in public office. I assume it means any politician who supported either must resign because they're supporting the overthrow of the United States of America. I assume anybody who is a neo-Marxist or Marxist cannot serve in public office. All right, now how does this apply to the president? I want to address this too when we return.
I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty, and they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of constitutional thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.6 million Americans receive Imprimus for free each month, and you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it, too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. No strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for all of us. And for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for no cost every month. Start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. I want you to think about what's going on here, and some Republicans actually have contributed to this, like Liz Cheney, Adam Kingsinger, Mitt Romney, among others. You see the, the spreading of tyranny, of repression. You see an attack on free speech by big media. Big media is basically the, the hit machine, the propaganda machine for the left and the Democrat Party. So they keep trying to figure out how we're going to take out a radio host or a TV host or a radio station or a radio company. So they're out there just kind of scheming in a sleazy way because that's what they do. They're, they're gutter snipes. Then you look at big tech, what big tech has done. And now you look at what they're doing, the Democrats, with almost no majority in Congress to the former president of the United States. And you look at what they plan to do legislatively what they plan to do to our judiciary, what they plan to do to our voting system. They have no mandate whatsoever, but they're power hungry. They're power hungry. They're sabotaging our system. They're repressing. And now they're grabbing for all the power they possibly can. If you're Donald Trump right now, you have no effective way to communicate with the American people. You have no effective way to defend yourself. You're banned by Twitter, you're banned by Facebook, you're banned by all of big tech. If you want to speak, you have to speak through the enemy's voice, the media. You literally have no way to communicate with the American people. So the big lie keeps going out there, to quote Goebbels and Joe Biden. The big lie keeps being pushed out there that President of the United States incited an insurrection. He has no ability to defend himself, publicly or otherwise. And they just keep repeating. And everything that's written at the New York Times and the Washington Post, everything that's said at these other news platforms, they keep repeating the big lie. And again and again. And there's very little pushback. Very little pushback, which is why I'm pushing it back right here. But the president can't even defend himself in the court of public opinion. And he won't be able to defend himself, no matter how many lawyers he hires, in the U.S. Senate, because that's all... A ruse. Now, how do I know that's all a ruse? Let's do this again, the 14th Amendment, and then I'll explain it. Section 3, no person shall be a senator or representative in Congress or elector of president and vice president 
or hold any office, civil or military, under the United States, it goes on, if he or she has engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid and comfort to the enemies thereof. Now, isn't that interesting? Many of those are arguing that, yes, there should be a trial, and there can be a trial once the presidents or private citizens are saying, no, no, maybe we ought to look at the 14th Amendment. Now, listen very carefully to me. If you're looking at Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, you've already concluded that you are incapable of trying anybody. You see, because you've already concluded that the President of the United States incited an insurrection. Many of the people, almost all the Democrats, and their mouthpieces in the media, have already concluded that the President of the United States has incited an insurrection. There can't be any kind of trial. Not even a kangaroo court with that kind of mentality. So if they're already pointing to the 14th Amendment, uh, Section 3, this trial is exactly what I said. It's worse than a kangaroo court. They don't want to get to the bottom of anything. They're the ones who are at the bottom of everything. So they're, they're not serious about justice. They're not serious in any form. They're not serious about a trial in any form. They're certainly not serious about due process or gathering information or facts or anything. We know that because of what the House did and now what the Senate wants to do. This is all treachery. It is diabolical. There's no constitutional basis for treachery and for people who are diabolical. And so these are the people who really shouldn't serve in public office anymore, but of course there's no way to to deal with that that other than vote them out. But Nancy Pelosi will never be voted out because she's from San Francisco, a one-party, ultra-left-wing kook city. Schumer can only be voted out if he's challenged from the left because New York has gone to hell, not all of it, but the heavily populated areas. This nation is being ruled by San Francisco and by New York City. And over and over again, they keep trying to impose their will on the rest of us. So we have a situation today where the President of the United States cannot even defend himself in the court of public opinion. We have a situation today that many of the people talking about, let's have a trial, uh, are also talking about the 14th Amendment, so they've already drawn their conclusions. Many of them are projecting their own opinions as activists, not the facts and substance when it relates to what took place at the Constitutional Convention. There was no talk, no talk whatsoever about impeaching or trying a private citizen, regardless of what office they held. None. And the same provocateurs on the left wish to burn down different aspects of our constitutional order that we've talked about in the past and even earlier in the program, for which they're not held to account in the least. As I've told you, tyranny comes in many forms. It can come as a newspaper publisher... It can come as a Jeff Zucker running a, a network. It can come as members of Congress, all dressed up and ready to roll. Or it can come at the point of a gun. And in the last month, we've seen it all. We've seen it all. So 
this is not a constitutional process that is unfolding, and it's going to do severe damage to our constitutional system. These are selfish, narcissistic, egomaniacal, hack politicians. And among them, the Democrats, of course, but among them is Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney is an utter chameleon. He managed to get elected governor of Massachusetts and senator from Utah. How do you do that, Mr. Producer, unless you're a liar? He goes from the most liberal state to the most conservative state. One of the most Democrat states to one of the most Republican states. This is because Mitt Romney is such a magnificent statesman? No, it's the opposite. He'll prostitute himself. He doesn't care. And then he beats his chest in self-righteous pronouncements, much like, you know, Joe Scarborough. He's the Joe Scarborough of the Senate. And here he is on Fox News Sunday with Chris Wallace. I guess Chris knew what Romney was going to say, and he wanted him to amplify it, right? Why else would you invite somebody like Romney? And it was quite predictable. Here it is. Cut three. Go. You... Uh, also, I'm sure have read that there was a report over the weekend that President Trump was talking seriously at one point in December about firing the acting attener, uh, attorney general of the United States, putting in a new acting attorney general who supported the idea of trying to get Georgia to overturn its election results. Do you? Think I love that- the way they say, you know, he was talking about and he was thinking about and he was, you know, doodling about and he was... Uh, He did no such thing. He did no such thing, Trump. Period. He didn't fire the acting attorney general to put in a new attorney general to order Georgia to do anything. Why is that news? And yet nothing is said about what took place in some of these states in terms of undermining the Constitution. Violating Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2. I don't know if Fox's Sunday shows have even discussed that. I'm available. Seriously, I am. Go ahead. Part of the trial? Well, that'll be up to the prosecutors, of course, but I think it's pretty clear that, that uh, over the... All right, stop. The- what? Neither of these men have apparently read this 76-page document the House quickly pieced together. The 50 relevant pages, which are non-substantive, will that be part of the trial? You see, Chris, the so-called jury doesn't decide what's part of the trial. They have to sit there and keep their mouth shut, and then at the end they get the right questions and hand them to the presiding officer. You don't know that? But that's not in there. But you see, this is the media piling on. It's, will that be part of the trial? In other words, you need to make it part of the trial. But here's Romney, constitutional scholar, principled man. Go ahead. So there has been an effort to corrupt the election in the United States, and it was not by President Biden. It was by President Trump. And that uh, that corruption we saw with regards to the. So there was an effort to corrupt the election of the United States. See, now we've gone further. So there was an effort to corrupt the election by President Trump. That's in addition to the insurrection led by President Trump. President Trump was very busy. Very busy. Leading insurrections and trying to corrupt the election. Mitt Romney will never come on this program because he's a gutless wonder. 
and I would be more than happy to discuss with him the issues I've discussed with you with respect to Article 2 and four battleground states in particular. So let me ask Mitt Romney, AWOL, from this program, something directly over the airwaves. Did Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Georgia, did they or did they not change their election laws and the manner in which they choose electors for president and vice president without the agreement of the state legislatures? Yes or no? Yes or no, Mitt? And the answer is, that's exactly what they did. Yes. And yet Mitt Romney hasn't been asked that once. And he won't be. By Wallace or Stephanopoulos or Tapper, Schmuck Todd, none of them. None of them. Were the laws in those states changed in violation of the federal constitution? Yes or no? And if no, explain. It's simple. Simple. And if you raise the issue, then you have an ethics complaint filed against you by seven Democrats in the Senate against Cruz and Hawley. You may not even discuss it. Maybe what they should have said is China collusion. That the Biden campaign was colluding with China. Maybe the Democrats and the media would understand that better. But think about this. All discussion of this has been cut off by big tech, by big media, and any other major platform where American can communicate with American. Russia collusion, which was the greatest lie of the century, went on and on and on. And we knew then, as we know now, there was no support for it whatsoever. Incredible, isn't it? Go ahead. Crane, as well as the call to Secretary of State Raffensperger, uh, as well as the the incitation to uh, insurrection. I mean, th- th- this is obviously very serious. Well, uh, uh, no, 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 no. You're not interested in being very serious at all. Not in the least. You've already, you, you should be part of the Democrat prosecution team. The call to the Secretary of State, Raffensperger, was not illegal. When you read the entire transcript, as we did, it wasn't even tawdry or untoward. Mitt Romney operates from newspaper articles and editorial page writings. I'll be right back. I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty, and they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of constitutional thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.6 million Americans receive Imprimus for free each month, and you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it, too. You can subscribe for free 
at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. No strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for all of us. And for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for no cost every month. Start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. Mr. Producer, can you help me with the phone calls? Do we have a caller to whom I shall speak? Nothing good? Oh, my God. You guys are pretty tough, aren't you? Is Richie V sleeping, or he just says the callers don't don't make it? Open uh, Richie V's uh, mic, please. You're not happy with the callers who are calling in, Richie V? Hello? The problem is that they they want to talk about conspiracy stuff. Yeah, we're not into conspiracy stuff. Those are other shows. All right, thank you. I got it. Well, as they like to say on the, what is it? The Gem Shopping Channel. I'll move on. Let's move on. You ever see that channel, Mr. Producer? It fascinates me. With the wheels that go around with all the jewelry on it. You do watch it sometimes? I love these guys. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. It's my show. I'm just moving a little bit off. I love these guys. Like Marvin? And Daniel and others, Sky, this is the greatest piece of jewelry I've ever seen in my life. Oh, my God, look at the sparkle in there. Oh, God, you'll never see anything like this again. Now, this is 24-7, mind you. And it's fantastic. It goes round and round the wheel. It helps me sleep. It just uh, But it is fantastic to see how that market works and so forth. I really, I really, the, the gem... Shopping there, it's really fantastic, in my humble opinion. All right, there, you learn more about me, more than you want to know. My poor wife has to put up with this, by the way. Buy her stuff. That's, that's Mr. Producer. How do you know I don't? I am very generous with my family. Absolutely. Career scientists and frontline staff at the CDC to blame for coronavirus shortfalls. Not just Trump administration report finds. Wow. How much attention has this got, Mr. Producer? Like none? From our friends at the Daily Wire, Ash Shao. Throughout the coronavirus pandemic, President Trump was blamed almost exclusively for the highly infectious virus from China. New evidence suggests the Center for Disease Control and Prevention's actions and inactions helped the virus wreak havoc on the United States. Reuters reported Friday that the CDC, quote, Missed chances to spot COVID silent spread, unquote, early on in the pandemic. When 57 people with the virus showed up at a Nebraska military base in February after being evacuated from Wuhan, China, where the virus was discovered. The people were quarantined, but the CDC refused to allow University of Nebraska Medical Center researchers from testing the group because it's a fat bureaucracy. The agency, according to a letter from the CDC, brought up consent issues from the quarantine group, wearing they may feel coerced into testing, and therefore the test would be unethical. CDC does not approve this study, a CDC official wrote. Please discontinue all contact with the travelers for research purposes. I want to circle back to this. I want to circle back. 
The bureaucrats are incompetent. I don't care if they're at the CDC or they're working at uh, at the side of uh, Fauci or all the rest of them. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Just to show you what a farce this is. This guy, Eric Swalwell, is on the uh, House Impeachment Managers Group. And obviously, he had betted a spy, a communist Chinese spy, and as far as we know, he conveyed information to the Chinese. We don't know anything differently. But Nancy Pelosi keeps him and wants him to be doing these sorts of things, and he's still on the Intelligence Committee. The Democrat Party is bought and paid for by the Communist Chinese. And you know, the Communist Chinese would love nothing more than to see Donald Trump removed forever from politics. Now, the Democrats don't get to do this, even though they're making a farce of our constitutional process. Even though they've done, I think, irreversible damage to the notion of impeachment, impeachment trials, and quite frankly, separation of powers. They've done irreversible damage. They will not succeed when it comes to Trump. So it's all in a failed effort. They will not succeed. I want to get back to these CDC scientists in a moment, but before I do, I want you to see what the Democrats are doing. Now, they've gone after Cruz and Hawley. They're going after individual members of the House who they're claiming have colluded, their word, with some of the uh, militarists who attacked the Capitol building. And they're going after a gentleman whose name is Representative Scott Perry of Pennsylvania, who is a tremendous patriot and who has been fantastic throughout this entire period. You know that the more competent, the more successful, the more capable the conservative, the more they want to destroy them. And Scott Perry comes out of Pennsylvania, represents uh, York County, among other places. And here's USA Today gunning for him. Candy Woodall. Candy? Mr. Peterson, anybody named Candy I've ever met it weighs about 400 pounds. Have you, have you ever noticed that? The name is in the, uh, is in the description. Calls are mounting. This, this, is how, this is how I report start. Calls are mounting for U.S. Representative Scott Perry to resign. Really? After a report late Saturday exposed a significant role in trying to overturn the 2020 presidential election. Well, then every Democrat and person in the media should resign because of their significant role in 2016. I mean, this is the first sentence in this crap newspaper. Perry, Republican from York County, connected President Donald Trump with a Justice Department official to try and remove the acting U.S. Attorney General from his post and pressure Georgia lawmakers to overturn the results of the 2020 presidential contest, according to the New York Times. Did he unleash the, uh, any spies into Biden's campaign? No. No, because then he could be a CNN uh, commentator. 
He didn't do that? No. Did he lie to the FISA court? No. Did he pay for a dossier like Hillary's? No. Oh. But Scott Perry should resign. The congressman did not respond to questions from the Times before publication. He also did not immediately respond to questions from USA Today. It was Perry, according to the report, who made Trump aware that Jeffrey Clark, a relatively obscure Justice Department official and acting chief of the Civil Division, supported the former president's view that the election had been stolen. Oh, my goodness. The campaign to overturn an election, Trump weighed firing acting AG Jeffrey Rosen during final weeks to pursue unfounded voter fraud claims. I'm sitting here thinking to myself, okay, the president of the United States, all of these people reported the pleasure of the president of the United States. If he wanted to fire his acting attorney general and appoint somebody who he believed would be more aggressive in pursuing real or potential voter fraud, what exactly is the crime there? What is the offense? There is none. But in Clark, Trump had an ally in the Justice Department. The president would likely have been unaware of Clark if not for Perry, according to the Times. Perry worked with Clark to craft a plan to pressure Georgia leaders, the report said, sending unnamed former administration officials. Oh, maybe like anonymous, a low-level official at the DHS. And it goes on. So, uh, Scott Perry, I can vouch for this guy. I think he's absolutely terrific. And so I hope you folks in Pennsylvania will quickly rally around him because the New York Times wants to replace him. You know, the New York Times, they covered up the Holocaust. Yeah, that New York Times. They're very upset about Scott Perry. Now, if the New York Times is upset about Scott Perry, too bad. New York Times is always upset about me. We got uh, Jeremy. What's his last name again? I always forget it. Peters, because he has two first names. Jeremy Peters, Jeremy. And what's the guy at the post? What that? Phil Bump. Philly, Philly Bump. Are you there, Philly? And the other guy, yeah. Paul Farheef, Paul. You out there, Paul? So they're trying to pick off the, the most solid and the most conservative members of, uh, of the Republican Party in Congress while they're promoting the likes of... Uh, reprobates like uh, Mitt Romney and Liz Cheney. Liz Cheney should no longer be in a leadership position in the House Republican Caucus. Um, She has been a never-Trumper from day one, really. And uh, basically, she should be a writer for National Review or or the Wall Street Journal editorial page, don't you think, Mr. Producer? She would fit in there pretty well. Uh, But But in terms of a a Republican leader, that she is not. She simply is not. And so they ought to replace with somebody who's charismatic. It can be a woman. Why are you going to do a knock out a woman and put a guy in there? It could be a woman. I mean, like the Democrat voters in the primaries knocked out Kamala Harris? Or you media trash Sarah Palin, something like that, and Tara Reid. You know, the left's treatment of women is, is, is appalling. Their treatment of women, appalling. By the way, don't say, oh, look at this, they're marching. These Congress idiots are marching into the Senate with their, with their charge against private citizen Donald Trump, and I'm probably the only person who's read it. And it's really appalling. And they're sitting there, these senators, just kind of staring at each other. You're United States Senate, ladies and gentlemen. 
All right, let me circle back. No, I didn't lose my place. Career scientists and frontline staff at CDC to blame for coronavirus shortfalls, not just Trump administration. So we have people at the CDC who would not and did not react early enough. Now, here's my point to you. Reuters had to know this much earlier on, even before a report. Critics have widely asserted the CDC, says Reuters, fumbled key decisions during the coronavirus scourge because then-President Donald Trump and his administration meddled in the agency's operations and muzzled internal experts. The matter is now the subject of a congressional inquiry. Yet Reuters has found new evidence that the CDC's response to the pandemic also was marred by actions or inaction by the agency's career scientists and frontline staff. I wonder what was going on under Fauci. You think Fauci will be investigated? No, because Fauci is political proof. I'll put it that way. Because he's all over TV now, trashing his former colleagues in the president's task force, trashing the former president of the United States, trashing the progress they made. And so the Democrats, that's what they want. That's what they want from Fauci. Fauci's been with them for half a century. Remember the love letters to Hillary Clinton? Oh, yeah. Health experts and ethicists told Reuters that the CDC, quote, should have proceeded given the fast-moving public health emergency. The center appeared to not even follow its 2017 rules that allowed testing and quarantine so long as there was informed consent and the ability to refuse. Reuters also noted the CDC scientists infamously botched the creation of a test for the coronavirus and took weeks trying to fix it, making widespread testing well beyond those with symptoms impossible during the pandemic's first months. And yet they blamed Trump. And this guy, Trump, won't follow the science. But he did. While the media spent the pandemic blaming Trump, plenty of mistakes were made that were outside his control, including the political decisions by governors to shut down their economies for a virus with a 96% survival rate for even the most vulnerable populations. Now what are we having? Now we have governors demanding, we got to open, except for Newsom. Newsom is, uh, is, is, uh, had a head injury, I think. No, 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 no. Now we have uh, governors demanding we open the economies and we open the schools. And the school, the teachers unions are even giving them the you-know-what. We've learned a lot of things. But the centers of power in this country have only gotten worse. But we've learned a lot of things. We don't need the teacher unions to teach our kids. Because teaching our kids is not their number one priority. We pay their salaries. We pay their health care benefits. We pay their pensions. And they don't teach our kids. Not all of you out there, of course, but you know who I'm talking about. The union bosses in the teachers union. We have major counties in this country, Fairfax County, Virginia, there was a big story in other places where the unions keep changing the, the playing field. If the kids all get the vaccine, that's not good. Excuse me, if they all get the vaccine, now that's not good enough. The kids have to get the vaccine. Well, the kids aren't getting the vaccine until what? 2083 or something? Because they're really not susceptible to any issues when it comes to the uh, coronavirus. So now they've, they've raised that bar. In the county I come from, Loudoun County, Virginia, they demanded they got a salary increase. And these unions, they threatened to strike, and I keep saying, how would we know? But this is what they think of your kids. Nothing. 
And most of these blue state governors and mayors, same thing. The hell with your kids. Remember, it used to be kids first. Remember, a, a, a government shutdown, everybody's hair was on fire, but a private sector shutdown, they don't give a damn. There's so many things wrong right now with this country because of the neo-Marxist status progressive left that has grabbed the instrumentalities of our government and runs it. So many things that are wrong, and they're only going to get worse. The same stupid people who've done stupid things to our economy, to our foreign policy, to our immigration system, to our constitution, are now back. And there's more of them than ever before and more powerful than ever before. And in Biden, they see a blank slate, a blank look, but a blank slate. He's no moderate. He's no unifier. He's out to make a name for himself. And that's why Bernie Sanders keeps saying, you know, you could be bigger than FDR. You could be bigger than FDR. You could be Mao. I mean, you could be really big. I'll be right back. Lovin. Have you gotten your letter from the IRS yet? These last few years have not been easy on the American family. And with tax season finally arriving, there'll be millions of hardworking people and businesses that could struggle even more due to the IRS working against them. Well, America First Tax Group can help put an end to your worries. Just one phone call to 800-806-1299. Hello, 800-806-1299. And you'll be in touch with the America First Tax Group, a full-service tax company that'll fight the IRS and help put you on the path to financial freedom. Their experts can help you or your business with any tax-related problems you may have, from dealing with your back taxes to granting you access to tax relief and much more. Don't wait. Get in touch with America First Tax Group today by calling 800-806-1299. That's 800-806-1299 or AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Levin. Again, 800-806-1299 or AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com. Dot com slash L-E-V-I-N. All right, let's take a few callers. Mario, Rochester, New York, XM Satellite. Go right ahead, Mario. Yes, sir. How you doing, Mr. Levin? Good. Let's long roll, time, baby. Uh, long time listener. Uh, this is All a right. three-part question, and it's not... No, 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 no. You can't do the three questions. I got the whole board lit up. Just give me one question. Go ahead. Well, it's regarding um, them, the Democrats, trying to get rid of the Electoral College. First, um, wouldn't that have to be ratified by all the states? And secondly, we have control of the majority of the states, so how would that be possible? That's the three-part question. Well, first of all, we won't always have control of the majority of the states. They have this National Popular Vote Initiative where states are voting that they will choose to certify their electors based on who has won the popular vote in the country as a way of getting around the Electoral College. I would argue that's unconstitutional, uh, unconstitutional but I have no faith in the, uh, in the Supreme Court in upholding the Constitution much anymore. So that's their plan. If they can't change it through some kind of uh, fiat, whether legislative or otherwise, then that's the plan, and that's been ongoing, this national popular vote. And, and, and what does that tell you? What, what does that tell you? Tells me a lot. It, tells you, it tells you, Mario, they don't like the Constitution, do they? 
They don't, they don't intend to be hemmed in by the Constitution. And this is the great untold story when you watch TV or listen to the debates and all the rest. They'll tell you this one violated the Constitution and that one violated the Constitution. Their entire existence, their entire ideology is hostile to the Constitution. And so whenever they get a chance, they try to, um, they try to cut corners and now they're attacking it directly. So if they can limit free speech, and Schumer's proposed an amendment in the past that would do exactly that, they will. If they can eviscerate the Second Amendment, they will. If they can take due process rights away from people that politically are uh, hostile to their viewpoints, they will. Uh, If they can use the Tenth Amendment in order to expand illegal immigration, but on the other hand, in order to attack your right to bear arms, they will do that. Because they're power-hungry. The ends justify the means is a perfect fortune cookie explanation for what we're dealing with. So you literally have Chuck Schumer here who wants to destroy the courts, who wants to destroy the Electoral College, who wants to destroy the Senate, destroy separation of powers, and he's running around talking about Trump and what Trump did. I blame the media for a lot of this. I really do. All right, Mario, thank you for your call, my friend, from Rochester, New York. Let us continue. Frank, Indianapolis, Indiana, XM Satellite, go. Yes, Frank. Hey, Marcus, uh, uh, real, real pleasure to uh, speak with you for the first time, and hopefully it won't be the last. All but, right, uh, thank you. I'm curious, about, I'm curious about what recourse President Trump would have if he was convicted by the Senate. Uh, would this go... You know, to the could he take it to the Supreme Court? First of all, he won't be convicted by the Senate, but I'm happy to entertain the hypothetical. Let's say they convict him. Then there's two things they have to do. Number one, what you're supposed to do is first one resolution is to remove him from office. He's already gone. Then the second, which is supposed to follow seriatim, one after the other, is uh, whether to prevent him from running again. And if you're uh, Donald Trump, you ignore it. You ignore it. You say this whole thing is unconstitutional. The impeachment, the trial, the decision, the outcome. So if I want to run for president, I'm going to run for president and try and stop me. Well, then they have to run to the Supreme Court. And uh, I would be rather surprised, but I don't know what the Supreme Court would do. Is there recourse? There's never snap my fingers recourse around here. It doesn't work that way. Thank you for your call. Let's keep going. Tom, Las Vegas, Nevada, the great Kadon, K-D-W-N, go. Mark, why can't these justices of the Supreme Court put their heads together and settle this impeachment business? It's either... All right, first... first uh, bu- 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 bu. What do you want them to do? Nothing's been brought to them. They don't well, get to just reach into Congress and say, you know what, I'm going to settle this impeachment business. And you really want them to start doing stuff like that? You know, we're going to settle this business and that business. I want them to act when it comes to legitimate lawsuits that are brought to them and for them to stop, uh, you know, pretending that they have no role and that uh, the act would be political when the act would actually be to uphold the Constitution. But there's nothing for them to do with this quote-unquote impeachment business. Nothing's been brought to them, number one. And number two, uh, again, if I'm President Trump, I don't care what the Senate has done. They don't get to decide what the Constitution says. I'm not bringing anything to the Supreme Court. If I want to run, I'm going to run. Try and stop me. Let them go to the Supreme Court. That's my view. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I shall return. 
In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. You know, a lot of people are trying to do the long-form interview now. Have you noticed that, Mr. Producer? They're giving guests a lot longer time to speak without interruption. Now, I grew up watching that sort of thing, which is why when I was asked to do a TV show, I said only if I can do it my way with a long-form interview and not 15 guests all tripping over each other. Because nobody was doing that anymore. And to their great credit, Suzanne Scott, Mr. Murdoch, among others, said, you go for it. Do what you think you want to do, what you think will work. And when I started it, uh, I think it was Media Matters. Media had a few that said, oh, my God, this is boring, boring. Because they're very stupid. They're surface level, low intellect, low IQ. They can't help it. And so it's become the most popular Sunday show on cable TV. Not every week, but most weeks. Almost every week, though, doesn't get that much attention. It should. It doesn't get as much promotion as others, but it should. Nonetheless, I notice more and more people are trying to do that. Have you noticed that too, Rich? A lot now. But what are they missing, these shows? What are they missing? Me! No brag, just fact. Me. All right, just messing around a little bit. Well, let's delve into the pool a little bit longer here. Let us go to Lou, Ocala, Florida, the great WSKY. Lou, you're on the air. Go right ahead. Hey, Mark. I would like to ask you why you think Roberts, who we know is not above being politically motivated, hence the Texas case, um, why do you think he backed out of presiding over this? Because he can't win. There's nothing in it for him. And on top of that, he may be called upon to uh, rule on that case, and he doesn't want to recuse himself. All right? So he's going to leave the hand. So who would preside preside over it, Mark, if he doesn't, if they does go to trial? Well, nobody should be presiding over this because you're talking about a former president of the United States. The Constitution specifically says the chief justice shall be the presiding officer in the case of the president. So they're they're playing uh, footsie here. On the one hand, they're saying... We wish to try him because he's a former president. And then on the other hand, they're saying, however, the Constitution says chief justice. But we'll move on to the uh, to the old man from Vermont who can barely speak and barely think. uh, And that would be uh, Patrick Leahy. So I'm saying in so many ways, they are trouncing upon the tradition and the and the original intent of the impeachment clause. And they could care less. They could care less because 
Without Roberts participating, that should have been the end of it. Without the president being the president, that should have been the end of it. Uh, To rush the impeachment the way they did, violating every tradition that's been used in this regard, that should have been the end of it. But they don't care. And so what are they doing now? They're saying, you know, what's most propitious to Biden? Uh, Let's wait till February 8th, till he gets a good start off. and then, Then we'll have a trial. What kind of this kangaroo court? Yeah. It's worse than the kangaroo well, court. This is, saying, is a joke. Schumer is saying, Schumer, are you there? Schumer is saying. Hello? Schumer oh, is saying what? That, you're gone. Um, Schumer is saying that that this is the only way that we can bring unity is to have this. I know, but since when do we give a damn what that fool has to say? We don't. I mean, but... he, he, is, he is an autocrat. He, he is his entire... Do you know Chuck Schumer went from law school to the New York Assembly when he was like 23 or 25? Then he went to the House of Representatives, then he went to the Senate. You know this man has never touched a private sector job his entire life? Do you know Joe Biden, with a few hiccups, has not touched a private sector job in his entire life? Do you know Kamala Harris has never touched a private sector job in her entire life? These are autocrats. This is all they care about is power power to do whatever they want to the rest of us you know the funny thing is you and i we don't want to bother anybody leave people unmolested they let them live their lives the way they want to as long as they're not committing crimes or doing something immoral just do your thing leave us alone when they get in power it's we want to control you we want to control your family we want to control your education we want to control your neighborhood we want to control your life we want to control your finances we want to control everything That is the difference between those who believe in liberty and those who are tyrants. And they're tyrants. Thank you for your call, my friend. I appreciate it. Let's continue, shall we? Let's see. Brad. Brad, Salt Lake, Utah, the great KVEL, as we like to say. Cavell. Cavell. Go right ahead. (laughs) Yeah, out in the Uinta Basin. It's like We're Yiddish. Miles but... east of Salt Lake. Well, congratulations. Yes, how may I help? My question, Mr. Levin. Yes. Are you there? Yes, we're, we're waiting with bated breath, and I don't even know what that means. Go ahead, please. Oh, I, my question is, last year in Utah, mm. our legislature took up a bill to allow the citizens to recall politicians like Romney. Mm. There's a big swell in Utah to get rid of Romney, recalling. But our legislature thinks that it's against the U.S. Constitution to recall a federal official that's been elected. Mm-hmm. I think that's hogwash, but I'm not a constitutional expert. Well, they may be right, just because the federal Constitution provide, has no provision for recalls, only provision for um the very minimal standards it requires to get elected to the Senate. So, I mean, you could be right, but uh, but you're probably not. Look, I want things to be a certain way. They're just not. So, so we get to live with him. Let, let me, let me, well, what can I tell you? I mean, I've got morons in my state of Virginia. They're just unbelievable. Let me ask you a question. Do you think Romney would win re-election? Seriously, objectively. No. No, you I think he'd I get challenged. I, I love your convention system. Do you think he'd be challenged in a convention and lose? I think he would lose. I think he would. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, let's see. Uh, you live where, did you say? You're not in Salt Lake, and you resent it. Can't say I blame you. Where do you live? No, we're, we're, east. we're east of Salt Lake in the Uinta Basin in Fruitland, Utah. And why Utah? I can't hear very well. Fruitland, Utah. Fruitland. 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 Fruitland, Utah. What do they have in Fruitland, Utah, may I ask? Dare I ask? Wind. <laughs> Basically wind, that's wind it? Wind and alfalfa. Yeah, I don't like much alfalfa. like alfalfa. Well, you know, Romney would do well there. He's got a lot of wind, too. All right, my friend, thank you for your call. Good callers. Let's continue. Tony, Charleston, South Carolina, XM Satellite. Tony, go. Great one. Thank you to Call Screener Rich. I am in the Thank bunker, you. baby. Woo! Yeah. Uh, you are, buddy. Go right ahead and keep six feet. Keep your distance. Thank you. you got it. Okay. What's real? I want to know the truth. I want to know what the hell is going on. I want the truth of what's going on now to be applied. It's all, it's it's crazy. It's like ping pong. I one day I like my this guy over here. I'm Republican. I like McConnell. Then I don't. Then I do. Then then Pelosi and McConnell are high. Well, let me slow you down. Ninety percent of the time, there's no reason to like McConnell. I just heard some commentator from uh, on the Hill say that McConnell's never really liked Trump, and his wife is appointed Secretary of Transportation. Well, what kind of a a a deceitful fraud is that? If you're McConnell. You want your wife to have a job in the Trump administration where she's a bigwig in transportation, but you don't really like him. See, I, I, I cannot stand people like that, let alone politicians like that. Can you? No, I, I feel like they're That's fake. called a leading question. And we're... Okay. All right, we're well, having some problem with the phones. Obviously, the callers are, have, are, are hearing a delayed response from me. Tony, let me try something. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm going to count to three, and when I'm done counting to three, tell me, stop. That way I'll know if there's a delay. You ready? Yes, I'm ready. One, two, three. Stop. All right, there's a three to four second delay, Mr. Producer. All right, Tony, thank you for your call, my friend. I'm sure we can fix it. Not. Uh, let us go to Jason, the great WMAL, or as I like to call it, WMAL. Uh, Kensington, Maryland, how are you? Good, mate, how are you? Uh, Oh, Jason, I didn't know you were in Kensington, but anyway, go right ahead. (laughs) Yeah, no, I just sort of re-going on the old socialism thing. I mean, I lived in Australia, great place to live, but has uh, very socialized sort of practices there. I mean, they, and I sort of see the same thing happening here. And these people just don't realize it. It creeps up in you and it slowly creeps up to you. And then eventually it just, it's a very disheartening system. And it just doesn't, it doesn't promote hard work and ingenuity because they just, they have the thumb on you all the time um, through either regulations or high taxes. And this whole myth about socialized medicine, um, you know what? They better be careful what they wish for. Mm-hmm. Problem is they want it. You and I will have to get it, and they'll get around it. It's like Social Security. How many people know that members of Congress are not part of Social Security? They have their own pension plan. Are you aware of that, Jason? Yeah, I heard, I heard about that. They have a know. fabulous pension plan. It's fabulous. 
And they still won't retire the jackasses. But they have a fabulous medical program. Fabulous everything. Whatever they're, and, and, and mostly the senior staff, too. It's two different worlds. Two different worlds. By the way, uh, you're an Australian by birth. And Australian opals are among the best in the world, as you well know. I know this from watching the Gem Shopping Network. The black opals from Lightning Ridge, right? Yep, Lightning Ridge and uh, Um, Uh Kubapiti. Are they still producing? They live underground. Yeah, they still do. Yeah, it's a very... uh, yeah, Lightning Ridge, is a, we've been out there a few times, but it's yeah, a great place, very hot, but very inhospitable sort of climate. Uh, yeah, but those opals are absolutely fantastic, and they cost a bundle from what I'm watching on the Gym Shopping Network. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, black opals, definitely. They're, they're hard to come by, but when you get one, yeah, it's a, it's a sight. But um, They are, yeah, they are no, beautiful. What, it's, yeah. Yeah, if you, if you ever get out there one day, I'll show you around one day, mate. Well, it sounds like I never want to go, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, <laughs> if it's a lousy place, it's very hot. You probably have scorpions all over the place. I did notice uh, in Australia, when I watch these different shows, everything's bigger. The cockroaches are bigger. The snakes are bigger. Have you noticed that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's, uh, there's, there's a, definitely a problem with things that bite you out there. But you, you just sort of grow up with it, and you kind of get used to it, and... Keep your eye out. You know, it's sort of it's sort of taught at schools just to you know look out. Well, let me say this to you, Jason. I love nature, especially when I'm inside looking outside. If you get my drift. (laughs) All right, my brother. Keep in touch. Very much appreciate. I would like to go to Australia one day. In that other little country that's next to Australia. You know which one I mean, Mister Producer. He doesn't know which one I mean. It's hilarious. Begins with an N. All right, we'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Are you an individual or business owner facing the heavy burden of back taxes, levies, or wage garnishments? Life's challenges, especially those brought on by the economic impact of COVID-19 and inflation, can take a toll on your financial well-being. Now, the IRS has eliminated over a billion dollars in tax penalties and interest for back taxes. America First Tax Group is here to help you claim your share of these billions in tax relief before the IRS can claim the government's share and clamp down. Call them now, 800-806-1299. The IRS has people working to collect your money, but it's time to turn the tables, folks. America First Tax Group is a full-service tax boutique that puts clients first. They understand the stress of dealing with tax problems, and they will be your guide through the process. Don't wait. Time is of the essence. Call America First Tax Group. Here's the number, 800-806-1299, 800-806-1299, or visit AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Levin. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm quite serious about what I'm about to say. Quite serious. If you can impeach and try an ex-president in the private sector, uh, then I think uh, when it comes to Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris should be impeached uh, because of the comments she made in August, which clearly were insightful uh, when it came to the riots that were taking place in our cities. 
And Joe Biden should be impeached because, you know, one of the complaints that Mitt Romney and others have, and of course he's the oracle, is uh, that the president didn't respond quickly enough to the violence when it happened to the Capitol. But he did respond the same day. Joe Biden waited, what, two months, Mr. Producer? Three months to respond to the attacks on the White House and uh, in the courthouse in Portland? And matter of fact, Joe Biden excused it. Can you imagine if these people are attacking the Capitol building and our president would have said the cops there were stormtroopers? Could you imagine what would happen then? You know, like Nancy Pelosi attacking the federal law enforcement at the uh, courthouse in Portland, calling them stormtroopers? How come she's not expelled? How come there's not a single member of the House of Representatives that at least starts putting pressure on this nutbag and at least starts making the case for her expulsion from the House of Representatives? They're not going to be able to try and convict private citizen Trump for a thousand reasons. Why isn't anybody moving to expel Nancy Pelosi? Whether they get there or not is beside the point. For God's sakes, wake the hell up. And why do the Republicans keep electing this, this nothing burger McConnell as their leader? He's not a leader. He's not a leader. Why do they keep electing this guy? What does he have on them, for God's sakes? Something's going on there. I don't know what the hell it is. Just weird. All right. Let's continue continue here. Let us go to Roberta in Mission Viejo, California, XM Satellite. How are you? Very well. You make me laugh with your pronunciation. Very nice. Very nice. I have a question. I'm giving it the Spanish pronunciation, as you know. Well, it's Viejo. Yes. Yes, of course. (laughs) My question has to do with the Constitution. It's like New Mexico. It's a little Yiddish in there. Go ahead. Well, I under, and I appreciate that personally myself, so thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yes. I'm calling about the Constitution, which doesn't seem to have any meaning anymore, and mm-hmm. the question of standing. In the Constitution, it says the Chief Justice shall preside at the impeachment. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say mm-hmm. can, it says shall, which we learn in law school means mandatory. Yes, yes. So what... So who has standing to challenge that now that Chief Justice Roberts says he doesn't care? Well, what has to happen, because this is a phony trial, what has to happen now is Senate Republicans need to stand up and object to the fact of the trial and object to the presiding officer who's standing in front of them. And they need to make the case that the trial's illegitimate, it's unconstitutional, That Senator Leahy in that chair is illegitimate. That's unconstitutional. That they're doing enormous damage to our constitutional system. And they need to keep pounding and pounding and pounding. It's not like somebody's going to rule and then everybody goes away. It doesn't work that way. This is the struggle we're in right now. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. 
Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our numbers 877 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Well, the Democrat Party is tyrannizing the American people, destroying institutions and enlisting other institutions to advance their agenda, and that's exactly what's going on. You got that, New York Times and Washington Post? And you're the propagandists for it, these uh, so-called news outlets. Biden can't move fast enough to deliver parts of our economy to the communist Chinese, to the great detriment of our people, our security. He's a dangerous man. National Pulse, President Biden has revoked a Trump-era executive order that sought to keep foreign countries and companies out of America's bulk power systems, principally entities associated with the Chinese Communist Party. As part of his executive order on protecting public health and the environment and restoring science to tackle the climate, Section 7. First of all, doesn't, don't they know how to write sentences without doing run-on sentences? Section 7 of the massive order includes the revocation of the permit for the Keystone XL pipeline. It also revokes several climate and energy-focused executive orders penned by the president prior to Biden, President Trump. Subpoint C notes that Executive Order 13920 of May 1, 2020 is hereby suspended for 90 days. Now, that Trump era order sought to ban, replace, and set new criteria on bulk power system, BPS, electric equipment coming from a foreign country or a national that poses a national security threat. In other words, it was aimed at communist China. And I would say that our, our electrical grid is a big deal, wouldn't you, ladies and gentlemen? Foreign adversaries are increasingly creating and exploiting vulnerabilities in the U.S. bulk power system, which provides the electricity that supports our national defense, vital emergency services, critical infrastructure, economy, and way of life. The bulk power system is a target of those seeking to commit malicious acts against the United States and its people, including malicious cyber activities because a successful attack on our bulk power system, again, this is the grid, would provide introduction would uh, would be devastating, and so it prohibited any acquisition, importation, transfer, installation of of electric equipment by any person or with respect to any property to which a foreign country or national thereof has any interest. As of January 16, 2021, then Secretary of Energy Dan Brulette issued a prohibition order designed to reduce the risks that entities associated with the People's Republic of China pose to our energy grid, prohibits utilities that supply critical defense facilities from procuring from the Communist Chinese specific BPS electric equipment that poses an undue risk to the 
to the grid. Now, according to Biden's executive order, the fate of that executive order and America's BPS rests in the hands of Biden's Secretary of Energy and Director of the Office of Management. And uh, it's even worse than this. And by the way, the head of the OMB is formally serving as the president of the Center for American Progress, a left-wing so-called think tank, Democrat think tank, that often takes trips to China, co-authored reports alongside a Chinese Communist Party-backed influence operation, and so forth and so on. So these decisions are not helping America, and they're not intended to help America. None of the decisions that Biden has made have been sort of America first decisions. They've always been foreign government first decisions, illegal immigrant first decisions, and that sort of thing. Very, very troubling. Now, Biden lied about what he could do about the pandemic. Lied about it. He's lied about many things now already. Glenn Kessler is a nobody, you never heard of him, but he's a Washington Post self-appointed fact-checker. Now, it's hilarious that the Washington Post would have a fact-checker unless the fact-checker is checking the Washington Post, because it's a truly lousy operation. And he was on MSLSD last weekend, and this is the guy that says, oh, we have thousands and thousands of lies from Donald Trump. So I'm sure they're tracking very carefully Joe Biden. Cut 14, go. Well, uh, in the case of the Biden-Harris uh, transition team, we asked, we identified five factual statements he made, you know, interesting claims that we wanted to know if they, you know, what was the basis for this. Uh, within 15 minutes, we received citations uh, uh, to those uh, uh, factual statements, and they all checked out. Um, generally, the Trump White House almost never responded to our queries because, of course— Because they were smart. Why would they respond to your queries? Why would they? Go ahead. President said could not be defended or explained. Uh, no, because of- you're a bunch of reprobates propagandists for the left and the Democrat Party. That's why they didn't respond, you nitwit. Go ahead. So-called facts. Uh, I assume the Biden, you know, I did five years of Obama, uh, and uh, I assume the Biden uh, presidency will be a lot like the Obama presidency and that they will... Be responsive. Uh, oh, yes, they're just, they're just swimming. They're just fantastic. You know, we at the Washington Post, if you don't get it, you don't get it. You know, uh, di- uh, democracy dies in darkness over here. So uh, we're just so thrilled to be part of the Biden administration here. We're not going to fact check. We asked them any questions, of course. They'll get right back to us immediately. Uh, just because uh, we push the Russia collusion narrative on and on and on doesn't mean we're not trustworthy. Can you imagine? They're fact-checkers. They're crap-checkers is what they are. And we expect Biden to be very much like Obama. Obama never lied. No, 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 no. Obama was the best. And now Biden's the best. You know, Democrats, Democrats, just speaking. So we won't be checking them nearly as carefully as, you know, them on the other side. Joe Biden said he could handle this pandemic. Joe Biden said he would get more vaccines out than anybody else. Joe Biden didn't, wasn't overseeing any of the production of anything, vaccines. So this is what he was handed. Something that saves millions and millions of lives. Now we find the Democrat governors are screwing up again. Newsom out there. Pretty boy. Pretty boy with the uh, 
with the W two in his hair, whatever that what is that called? That that oil stuff. W five. These guys are too young. They have no idea what I'm talking about on my show. That's it. Ten W forty. Ten W forty that he obviously sprays into his hair. You know, that's so nineteen fifty eight. It's just unbelievable. He's as dumb as a rock, that guy, isn't he? And there he is, the governor. The blue states elect the stupidest people. Look look at my governor of Virginia, Northam. That guy can't even complete a sentence. He's such a complete idiot. Look at Cuomo. Talks like he has a speech impediment when he has a mind impediment. That's the dumb you-know-what. Well, I can't say ass, can I? No, I better not. But you know what I mean. Look what a fool this guy is. And I can go all around the country. The idiot in Michigan, the idiot in Illinois. That guy in Illinois. Who does he remind? Who does he look like? Who's the guy, the comedian that used to scream all the time? He died in a car accident. Do you guys know what I'm talking about there? Yeah, he looks like Kennison to me. Doesn't he? Oh, no. He does. Take a look. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Here's a fascinating piece in today's place. Parlor lawsuit. The courts discover free enterprise at the exact wrong moment. One-way street. Now just listen to what he says. Imagine if every venue providing wedding services, from rental places and caterers to bakers and florists, were controlled by Christian conservatives. They worked together with all their distributors to ensure that nobody could perform a gay wedding anywhere in the country. Well, that's exactly what's occurring now. Not with respect to gay weddings, but with respect to free speech and parlor. Last Thursday, Judge Barbara J. Rothstein of the Western District of Washington, by the way, appointed by Carter, for God's sakes, denied Parler's motion to force Amazon to restore Parler's social media platform on Amazon's server. Suddenly, the liberal legal community believes in the right of a private company to serve whomever they choose. The double standard is unmistakable. I'd love to go back to 1789 when private businesses could do whatever they wanted, and indeed had that been the prevailing law of the land over the past few generations, conservatives would have a lot more power and leverage in the economy and culture than they do today. But that's far from the case. In fact, the legal system has essentially controlled every aspect of what private businesses can do. 
up to and including the current lockdown policies that downright deny businesses the ability to serve anyone. Now, the Supreme Court ruled in favor of the Masterpiece Cake Shop. When Colorado fined the shop for declining to bake a cake for a gay couple, the majority opinion hinted at the fact that, generally speaking, cake shops cannot decline to bake cakes. It's just in that particular case the court held that the Colorado Civil Rights Commission didn't enforce the mandate in a neutral manner. Now, pursuant to this implied ruling, several courts have ruled that private business owners cannot decline to contract for gay events that violate their conscience. And he goes on to explain the various events. Numerous courts have ruled that the Trump administration must continue enforcing the Obama-era contraceptive mandate, forcing employers to directly or indirectly provide contraception. So he goes on, he says, we've got a whole host of social and cultural issues here that the courts get involved in when it comes to private companies, even involving religious liberty and the First Amendment right of religious organizations. In the religious liberty cases, he says, unlike with big tech discrimination, the store owners or companies are explicitly protected by the First Amendment. He says, we no longer live in a constitutional republic. I've been saying this for a long time, that America is a post, we're in a post-constitutional period, and we have been for some time. I'm not saying it's completely off the table, but it's significantly off the table. And Daniel says, we live in a sadistic two-tier justice system wherein conservatives are subject to hedonistic communism, but leftists can live in accordance with 1789 laissez-faire regulations built on monopoly handed to them by government so they can collude and banish conservatives from society. And of course, he's talking about big tech. So suddenly, we have a left-wing Judge appointed by Clinton, no doubt, excuse me, Carter, no doubt on senior status. Amazon's not required to provide services to Parler, neither any of the other businesses. They all colluded together to destroy Parler and so forth. Look, they're private businesses. Okay. What about that baker and the cake? No, 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 that baker has to bake the cake for this one and that one. They have to do what we tell them to do. He says, what a joke. The courts interfere in private business all the time. You wish it wasn't so, but it is so. It is so. Let's go to caller six. John Pasco, Washington State XM Satellite. John, go right ahead, please. Hey, Mark, I was reading the Constitution on the threat of the Democrats making Washington, D.C. a state, and it says in the Constitution, the House of Representatives has exclusive legislative control of the district of, or the federal district. Mm-hmm. And the Ninth Amendment says if it's made a state, Congress can't legislate. So how is that constitutionally possible? Well, I don't know if the Ninth Amendment says that, but I will tell you that uh, one Congress cannot change the Constitution because it chooses to change the Constitution. That's a federal territory. It's called the District of Columbia. It used to be even larger. It used to include a big chunk of, uh, of uh, Virginia along the Potomac River, but, for, but uh, the federal government gave it back to Virginia. So, um, so you- I, I, I'm saying they're going to try, and uh, they don't care what the Constitution says, except when they think it can advantage them. Uh, but I think, uh, no, I don't think, yeah, I think you need to amend the Constitution in order to create a... 
uh, two senators and two congressmen, voting members of Congress. Uh, and they and the whole theory had nothing to do with them um, with with black people because there weren't many black people in Washington D.C. at the time. But it didn't matter. That wasn't their point. Their point was that the nation's capital cannot uh, cannot be subject to the decisions of a state. And so they carved out this little area. But you have to understand, for the Democrats, it's not enough. If they could give every city in America, which is overwhelmingly Democrat, two senators, they'd do it tomorrow. They do not believe in a republic. They do not believe in the Constitution. They do not believe in restrained power unless they're restraining you. That's it. That's it. They had no problem with violence all summer long, no problem with attacking the cops all summer long. The Capitol gets hit, and then we have 25,000 National Guardsmen. You and I, we've been denouncing violence all along. They have not. Pelosi's not held to account. They're not saying to her, look, when we had federal law enforcement protecting a federal courthouse and Article Three function under our Constitution, you called them stormtroopers. And yet now, now we have, the, in many cases, the very same uh, organizations defending the Capitol, and that's righteous. Explain yourself. She never has to explain herself. None of them do. All right, my friend. There we go. Uh, let's see. We don't even know. How much time do I have, Rich? This show is going fast. Or is it me speaking fast? We only have 30 seconds. When we come back, we'll continue with some calls. I have a little bit more news I want to hit as well. And it's very important, I think. And I have a question. Are we living under quasi-martial law, Mr. Producer? What in the hell are seven or 10,000 National Guardsmen still doing in Washington, D.C.? And I love the National Guard, unlike the, uh, the Democrats who call them in. But I, I'm just curious about this. There aren't any National Guardsmen protecting Seattle or, or uh, Portland tonight, which are under attack. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Well, it's my older brother's birthday, and he's 66 today. I haven't told you much about my older brother. He's uh, almost three years older than I am. The most decent, kindest human being you could possibly ever know. 6'4", when he was a young guy. We lived outside of Philadelphia. He would go down into North Philadelphia, the Joe Frazier's gym, 
without my parents knowing. And he would box. And he was pretty damn good at it. And uh, he also, for a short period of time, was a bouncer. Till my parents found out all this stuff and made him cut it out. He graduated from Temple University in Philadelphia with a bachelor's degree in history. He uh, encyclopedic mind when it came to history, particularly the Civil War and World War II, much like my father. Any car going down the street, any age, he would tell you all about it. As I say, we lived outside of Philadelphia, and there'd be the Willow Grove Air Show once a year. We would go to that with my father. And again, he and my father could tell you anything you wanted to know about any of those planes there. It didn't matter how old they were. And he was a good artist, too. He didn't really pursue it, but he was a good artist, too. When he was a young man, a young teenager, uh, he had horrific scoliosis of the spine. This is some time ago. And the greatest doctor, surgeon, who dealt with that was in Milwaukee. And it was called the Milwaukee Back Brace, I believe. And I remember my father watching us, my mother taking him to Milwaukee, and he had a very, very serious operation including cutting a nerve in his neck. And that poor guy was in a body cast. I mean, from under his chin, where his chin was high in the sky, all the way down into his crotch area for over six months. And the guy never complained. Although one night, it was cutting into his inner thigh so badly, he broke it with his hands. And he would, uh, he had a back brace with a chin, not a chin guard that would hold up his head, hold up his chin. He wore the back brace. It was very heavy back then, very heavy. It was steel. And he wore it for over two years. And he would wear it to school. The only time he could take it off is when he went to sleep. And he never complained. He never complained. And so he turned 66 today. He's a little under the weather. And I just want him to know how much I I love my brother and adore my brother. And wish I had half the character of my brother. Just a fantastic gentleman. Fantastic gentleman. He's got beautiful children. Sarah and Ben, who are just fantastic young people. They're fantastic young people who love this country every bit as as their father does. And their father, Doug, is a great patriot. I remember, again, when I was running for office, I was 19 years old. Yes, I was in law school. We go door to door with the family members and I. And our buddy Eric, who was like a brother, and is like a brother. We must have hit three, four, five thousand houses, all door to door, the whole family, and I won an upset victory in the Republican primary for our school board. <laughs> Little did I know 
that the guy who lost was actually the victor in a way because that was one tough job. But anyway, and he would also watch out for his little brother. I don't feel like I needed it that much. But if he thought somebody was pushing me around or something like that, he wouldn't put up with it for two seconds. And yet he's a gentle soul. Never looked for trouble, ever, ever. But never ran from it either. So incredibly smart, extremely kind, physically quite strong. And that's my big brother. And I'm so proud of him. And I I adore him. I want you to listen to uh, what Joe Biden has to say about the pandemic now for the next several months. And he does this, his, his answer is in, in response to Pete Ducey, Peter Ducey. And I must say, this young man is one of the finest reporters, at least he is right now, that I've seen in a long, long time. He's respectful. He's polite. But he asks very serious questions, substantive questions. And he's doing a terrific job. I'm sure his parents are very proud of him. Cut 15, go. The American Rescue Plan also addresses the growing housing crisis in America. Right, there is no America Rescue. There is no American Rescue Plan. I'm so sick and tired of these labels, these self-serving narratives that they create. The America Rescue Plan. We're going to be rescued by Biden and the neo-Marxists. Rescued from what? We need to be rescued from them. Go ahead. 14 million Americans, 14 million, have fallen behind on rent and many risk of and, and where do most of them live, by the way? In the inner cities, controlled by the Democrats, and in blue states. Not all. Obviously, some of you are hurting. I'm not saying you're not. And I'm not belittling that in any respect. That said, where do the statistically most of these people live? California, New York... New Jersey, Illinois, Michigan, Democrat strongholds. You see, one day, I hope, but I could be dead wrong, there'll be enough people who are done voting for their own demise. Voting for their own demise. I'm hoping that day will come. I'm also hoping the people who are leaving these blue states and moving to states like Florida and Tennessee and Texas are not going to destroy those states because they're ignoramuses who don't know how to stop voting for left-wing Democrats while they flee left-wing Democrat um, cities. This has destroyed Virginia as well as open borders, and it's destroying Georgia as well as open borders, and it's destroying North Carolina. Now, we cannot win elections when we lose those states and other states. Go ahead. If we fail to act, there will be a wave of evictions and foreclosures in the coming months as this pandemic rages on. Because there's nothing we can do to change the trajectory of the pandemic in the next several months. So there's nothing we can do. Now, did you ever hear Trump talk like that? Trump said full steam ahead. And the reason Fauci doesn't like Trump is because Trump wouldn't take any of his BS. Get on your damn job. Stop going on TV. Stop promoting yourself on magazine covers, Mr. Style. And get to work. And that's why they don't like Trump. Because Trump used the whip on these bureaucrats. 
Operation Warp Speed, and he brought in people who didn't necessarily agree with the bureaucrats, and we now see here, thanks Reuters, about a year too late, that the CDC screwed up big time early on. But Trump doesn't put up with that stuff. Biden does, because Biden's a screw-up. Now, we're not going to get through this in the next few months, and we don't know how fast we're going to get the vaccines. Can you imagine this guy having been president if we needed to create vaccines? There wouldn't be any. There wouldn't be any. It's that simple. Now you're seeing the true Joe Biden. He's busy signing things. He's destroying, as I said the other day, and I said with Newt Gingrich Sunday, wasn't he great, by the way, on Life, Liberty, and Levin? I promise to keep bringing you top-quality programming that address what's going on in this country. So stick with me. But he destroyed women's sports with the quick signature. Just destroyed it. And for months now, we're not deporting people who come here illegally. So what did he just do? He told every criminal around the world, not just south of the border, come to America, you won't be deported. Oh, well, you have an exception for for criminals. How the hell do you know? Then he got rid of the Muslim ban. The problem is we never had a Muslim ban. We had a ban in certain countries, majority Muslim, where there's terrorism and civil war on. They don't actually have up-to-date computerized data, so we don't know who's coming here. He doesn't care. It's this symbol. So he signed that one off. He's a bigger schmo than I ever thought, and he's a big schmo. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. So all of a sudden, Mr. Bedusa, they're lifting these restrictions in these blue states. Have you noticed? All of a sudden, the Democrat politicians are pushing for their union buddies to open the schools. And notice the unions are in control, which they're not supposed to be. That's why we elect school boards and politicians. All of a sudden. Isn't it amazing? All of a sudden, we get an article from Reuters that the CDC blew it early on. Well, not just Trump, you know, but the CDC, the scientists. Anybody ask Fauci about that? Of course not. Fauci's very, very busy kissing uh, Biden's ass, quite frankly. Yes, all this going on. Isn't it amazing? All of a sudden, the 
the networks, every damn one of them doesn't put the death toll up in those charts they used to put on the monitors of the TV screens. Have you noticed that? You backbenchers can repeat it. You repeat everything else I say. Isn't that amazing, Mr. Producer? Where are the charts? What's that? Oh, yeah, yeah. They're nowhere. No, we don't want to fact check Biden. My God, he's like Obama. We're not going to do that. He's Obama's third term. No, he's not. He's Mao's third term. That's where we're headed here. Speech codes and speech silence and topics that cannot be touched. Classifying people by their politics and abusing them and firing them and trying to silence them and smearing them in the newspapers at the Post and, and the Times. Oh, yes, yes, yes. The good old times. They're all back. It's unbelievable. Big tech corporations have a ton of power in our country today. And as private entities, they can pretty much operate the way they choose. Although that needs to be addressed. There's absolutely no question about it, including that Rule 230 needs to be stripped away. And good job for the Republicans, by the way. The president gave them a vehicle to do it, the National Defense Act, and they overrode him. Thousands of National Guard troops remain in D.C. for Trump impeachment trial. So is this the new, uh, the new normal, Mr. Reducer? Thousands and thousands of National Guardsmen brought in at the behest of Democrats to serve the purpose of the Democrats. Meanwhile, cities burn, still happening in Seattle, still happening in Portland. And now the mayor of Portland's wised up. Well, he can't wise up. He's a moron. But you get the point. They're actually pushing back, the police are. And in Seattle, they have a police chief they're actually allowing to do some policing. But, of course, they should call in the National Guard and crush these bastards. Just as they crush the others. I don't know why this is so complicated. I I don't know why they won't do it. The optics. Remember the generals, the former Trump administration generals? You can't call in a National Guard. Remember the former Secretary of State? What was his name? Elder or whatever his name? What lightweights when it comes to domestic policy, when it comes to law enforcement in our own country. Now we have a National Guard that's virtually permanently in Washington, D.C. Isn't that shocking to anybody? Is it shocking to anybody? Yeah, it's shocking to everybody. All of us, anyway. Unbelievable. All right, let's see here. Let's go to Talisa, Hudson, North Carolina, the great WHKY. How are you? Thank you. I'm doing pretty well. I hope you are, too. All right. I'm good enough. Go right ahead, my friend. (laughs) I won't keep you long. I know you're about to go off the air, but uh, you were actually talking about what I was calling about. Uh, The commentary that was made today about there's nothing we can do about the COVID-19. And I kept thinking today about that uh, uh, advise and consent. And they need to be told that's not comply and relent. And it gives me fear about us standing up against our enemies or them standing up for us against our enemies. Uh, Considering the fact that China is going after Taiwan the way they are right now, that is not something... And by the way, if you're watching the news, you wouldn't know that the, the communist Chinese keep sending bombers, including bombers that can drop nuclear weapons as well as jet fighters, into Taiwanese airspace, and they're testing Biden. Yes. 
And I think we're going to lose on that end of it because there I'm, I'm worried to death that we have exactly the wrong president in this time in history, exactly the wrong administration, and the right president has been removed from office. It's unbelievable. COVID-19, why would they stand up against our enemies? That seems to be the Democrats' prevailing attitude, and it is worrisome. Yeah, no, you're right. All right, you take care of yourself, my friend, and all of you folks out there. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. Again, happy birthday, Doug. Your family loves you dearly. And I will see you tomorrow. Take care. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.